previously on the Dave and Steve show. Broke a hole in the in the shower. Uh, his girlfriend did with her head when she fell. So anyway, because she was drunk in the shower, it was this big long thing. Fine, if we're not uh, bringing our wives into this marriage, <laughs> then uh, I, I'm flexible. They had come over just to have pizza after the game, and now they're now he's covered in poop and in my backyard. Uh, what I bring to the table is my wife who can do everything that you need. When someone's itching their butt and you ask them if they're going to a movie. I'm not kidding oh, when I say wow. he had poop on his arms, poop on his shirt. He's got the lid off my septic cover and he's halfway down in my septic tank hanging upside down. Oh, he movie. had me at tater tots. If yeah. I could just have some tater tots. Um, so uh, finished, up, uh, finished up our driveway situation. Oh though. yeah. And, Got a new contractor in and yeah, uh, got. Did. Oh, here's dickhead Dave again, being an asshole to his family. That's great for the uh, for the thousands of times that you have a problem with a box of shit. <laughs> That's no problem, you know. So my mom instinctively kind of clamps down. She squeezes her knees together to try and hold him from getting out. I'm gonna very... I'm gonna tell you right now that with very little effort, I got a 47 year old man to hang himself upside down into my poop chute. <laughs> yeah, that's not funny. Show number 60 of the Dave and Steve Show, 6-0. I am Dave, sitting right alongside me, a mere 27 miles away is Steve. Good evening, everybody. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. One of the things I love about podcast night is I'm able to stand up at my desk and see how many people turn around in my driveway each night. I didn't know. Often running on show number 60, I want to begin by saying, I'm sorry, Mom. Sometimes you get <laughs> caught up in the previously on clips uh, things are taken out of context. It's just what it is. I'm sorry. It happened to my mom once upon a time. Yeah. It happens to everybody's mom. Yeah. Just, nobody's safe. Hell, we yeah, made... At least your mom isn't caught in a commercial. We we made an entire an entire pizza service around a joke about Steve's mom. So, it listen, it happens. Nobody's safe on the Dave and Steve show. So, I had... I this, this week, we're finally, finally, finally all done with lacrosse. And the last thing that we had to do was we had to have a year-end party. So we had this year-end barbecue at the field. It was a, It's a nice, it's like an AstroTurf field, so we didn't have to worry about rain or anything like that. There's a big covered portion. They it doesn't rain on AstroTurf. <laughs> what does <that laughs> well, it mean? doesn't get muddy. It doesn't get muddy. Oh, uh, okay. It's all there, scotch-guarded. There's no, yeah, there's no, there's no, uh, they had a covered area. They barbecued. Everybody brought stuff. It was great. So I'm talking to one of the dads that I, you know, you guys know how this is. At kids' sporting events, you always find the one or two parents that you you get along with. Like you you're you're fine talking to them. You have a similar sense of humor. You make the same jokes about how stupid and terrible your kids are at sports. Right. Everything everything is great. So I have this one parent that that is exactly that, and we get along well. So of course I gravitate right towards him. We start talking back and forth, and we quickly realize that not only do neither of us want to be there, our wives don't want to be there. Most of the people that we've talked to don't want to be there. I don't know of anybody when it comes to these types of events, these potlucks, these team dinners, these school events, I don't know of any adult that wants to be there. So I want to ask both of you, do either of you like those types of events? And if so, why? Well, I, I will say this, that I usually enjoy it a little more than I thought I did. I generally dread them. 
Uh, and I mostly because I dread most interactions where I'm kind of at a party. I'm not right. I'm not a party kind of person. Um, and and the, most of that's because not a lot of people like me. That's something I've learned. Duh. I've come to learn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I come away enjoying it a little more than I than I normally do. I'm but I'm not opposed to simply just saying no. I won't do that. Steve, how about you? It, you feel to me, and I'm just, I'm, I, this is just me. I feel like you do well in those situations, but that you don't necessarily like being in those situations. I think you're, a, you're a naturally, you, you, you're a good talker. You can get people engaged. You can get people laughing, telling stories, that type of stuff. But it doesn't feel like it's something you like. It's that's that's pretty much what it what it is i i i do a lot of heavy lifting at those things like getting stuff kind of going and yeah and talking to people and introducing people i don't know to other people that i don't know and i and i do okay um there are some nights when i make a game out of it and um and everybody that i talk to i tell i do a different thing like uh, one one person I tell, well, I, I'm I'm an executive chef over at the Hilton. Um, oh well, you know I've been um, I've been running PR for the governor, um, you know, just you know, like the assistant, you know, right, for a while. Right. You know, I mean, you know, just 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 to see how far I can take it. And usually, a few of those meet up by the end of the night and talk about what I've done and. And it's it's amazing. But <laughs> it's really great. But, but what you said is what I feel. I feel like. I feel the same way, which is that I need to constantly soft shoe with those things. I need to be spinning plates and juggling and having to make sure people are having a good time. And hey, what are you doing over there by yourself? Hey, did you see this? Hey, what? like I'm by the end of it, I'm exhausted because I feel like I need to be talking to people, sharing stories. Hey, yo, it was great lacrosse. You darn right. I, oh, I remember when we played Edmonds. That was a tough team. A, like it's just and, and in the back of my head, I'm just like, I, I don't want to be here at all. Like, the, yes, there are a few people that I get along with really well, and I would gladly go have a barbecue at my house or their house and have just them there. But when it's uh, like a group of, I mean, there were 150 people at this thing. I had no desire to be there. See, that's the thing. I would rather be at one of those things that I don't like to do than, um, than have a bunch of people over to my house that, uh, uh, that, I, that I know. There's every once in a while we'll have somebody come over and that's okay to have a small thing. But if I have to have like a few couples come over at one time, the, the amount of stress that happens around that is just no bueno. Like so, I don't, so where, I don't want anything to do with the, I will there take is the going to There is the added benefit that with that many people, Dave, if you just remain inconsequential, uh, leaving early isn't even noticed. Nobody even. Well, knows. that's what we wound up doing. We did wind up both of us, both this this dad and I that I get along with. Both of our families left far earlier than most people did. They the event ran until seven, and I think we were probably out of there by six fifteen or so. We stayed long enough to have the kids grab a burger, get it in their bellies, and then we were gone. Like we made our appearance and we got out of there. But Steve, when it comes to people at your house, what stresses you out about that? Oh, just getting everything ready. Just, you know, making sure getting all the costumes out probably is a yeah. huge pain in yeah. the butt, you know, you know, hiding who, who I am for real so that people don't realize what a terrible human being I am, you know, and <laughs> yeah, it really, I, it's, um, it's just, you know, wanting to get stuff, um, 
get stuff ready and and um uh like i i have an unsightly like before for a long time i had an unsightly driveway so having people drive up and see that it's just kind of like oh you know because here's the thing i don't know that they might not have to come back in a month or two and see the same thing right (laughs) sure yeah don't want that yeah but i mean like that i i get i understand and and you know as as well as i do that's always that's your own issues at play right like most people driving up to your house don't even pay attention to your driveway they're excited to see steve and wendy and zach and hey we're gonna go inside and we're gonna have some good food and we're gonna be talking and laughing nobody even pays attention to it but i but i totally understand i i I say that whenever like my wife's like we should clean the toilets and i'm like no yeah no people don't (laughs) care about that they They really don't yeah this is this is a thing that you care about and you're trying to make yourself feel better because when our guests sit on our toilets you want to feel better about yourself and i just said i i think it's unbecoming frankly the only issue i ever have with people at my house is at the end and this does not go for either of you so Please, I say that in all sincerity and honesty. I'm not talking about either one of you because I don't want you to feel like I am. There's always the one person and or couple who doesn't know it's time to go home. And when it's your house, it's very difficult to say, well, I guess you should be going now. Like, it's getting pretty late. Like, I'm never going to do that. And there's always the one person who's hanging out. All the other cars have left. All the other people have gone. And there's there's the one person in my house this, or the, this or the is family what I in do. my house. I just say, well, I, it looks, it's kind of late. It's time for me to, uh, to empty my colostomy bag. Yeah. Right. And, and then they're like, well, you know, it is late. Luckily Can you give me a hand with that. Can you help me with my, yeah. I and then I just hand. basically just dump a Ziploc right. bag of, uh, of, uh, gravy into the sink. Luckily, luckily <laughs> I have a 10 year old daughter. Uh, so nine times and she has no filter. So nine times out of 10, she'll just wander into the room and say, are they ever going home? And then they get the hint and they go home. So, so <laughs> I usually don't have to do anything, but but thankfully for her. So, uh, no, it, the it, it was just one of those things. Like, I, I hate, I always say I hate crowds of people. And it's not that I hate people. I hate that I feel the need to be, quote unquote, on in groups of people. And it's just exhausting. By the time I get yeah, done, I'm but, drained. But for that, to your credit, Dave, you like to make people feel welcome and comfortable. And so when you feel like something is dragging, you, you don't want anyone to feel the way you do inside. So you kind of bring up the energy that, quite a this, bit. That this is, is what I do with this show all the time. This show is constantly <laughs> dragging, and I feel the need to to pick it up because I know what I'm no feeling in what my. No idea you're soul. talking about. I was actually just talking about parties, but anyway, go ahead. We we are right now. My wife and I. We as of today. I mean, literally today, we are in the throes of full blown Hawaii beachwear panic. We are. We have stepped. We did the thing of like two months ago. We we're like, we're gonna start eating healthy now. We're going to get in shape, and we're gonna be ready come for Hawaii. And then a month uh, goes by and we were like, you know what? That month was wasted. We really need to get on it right now. We're going to do this right now. We're going to commit. And then we get into June and our trip is in July. Now we're in full blown. We're going to eat three almonds a day and and huff some air and that will be our meal. And we're going to like we're we're both now in full, complete, utter panic mode because we know we're going to have to. And, and it goes back to the same thing. It goes back to what we were talking about. 
the average person on a beach in Hawaii does not give a shit what you look like, what you're yeah. doing. They're not paying attention to you. They're just think about when you're on the beach in Hawaii. You're just playing with your family. You're goofing off. You're doing your thing. You're just having a good time. You're not looking yeah, this, at other people. This and going, is cleaning the toilets all over right. the, again. You're not you're not looking at other people and saying, man, that guy's out of shape or wow, look at the love handles on her or anything like that. You you just don't do it. But we are convinced that we need to be uh, chiseled out of granite by the time we get to Hawaii, which would make it tough to swim. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm telling you, the, the sun shirt is not a bad option. Just get a couple, try them on, and and you'll and it's not. They they've come a long way from uh, you know somebody in their Judas Priest shirt <laughs> at the at the waiting pool in Kittitas. I'm telling you, it's it it is not the same deal. It's kind of nice. Um, I will tell you that. Uh, the pool that I go to is a little, it's just, it's just right for me, but it's a little cool for Wendy. And she goes in the morning now with me too. And she's like, I'm really worried about it being cold. So she got like a full body swimsuit that covers her arms and her legs and everything. And she's loving it. Like she really likes that suit to the point where um, now uh, it, it, you it's got just her a, a cat woman outfit. Didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It well <laughs> we took the tail off. Yeah. So I mean it's not like, you know, but I, I would I seriously though, Dave, um you, you should you should take a look at, at them. Um there I'll send you a picture of me and, and mine. No nope. love it. No, that's all right. Uh, no, I, no, no. No, I you know what? Already sent. Just sent. Listen, right I, I probably will go that route eventually. I don't know, but at the same time, like I am going to, I'm going to try and, and really give it a shot at losing a couple of pounds and being in what I call beach shape by the time that vacation rolls around. And it's yeah, just, I, I'm getting a moo moo when I go to Hawaii. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Part of the reason That's... is so I can be an absolute pig. Once I get there, I want to feel like I've really accomplished something so that I can just eat anything that's in front of me and just just go nuts while I'm having a good time on vacation. And my wife, on the other hand, she is, it's a weird thing because my wife is, she's in shape. She is not what I would, um, I'm going to get in trouble here, but she's not out of shape in any way, shape or form, but she sees herself as such. And so she is worried about, you know, I want to make sure that, that, I'm in shape and that I I think she's trying to almost look like she did in high school, which, listen, none of us are ever. You want to know how age treats somebody? Go watch the Friends reunion. If you haven't seen the Friends reunion yet, watch how age does a number on people. And not in a bad way. Those people have just like all of us. They've gotten older. But those people have access to the best goddamn plastic surgeons in the world. <laughs> and yet they still they look the age that they look. And I'm sorry right. that they yeah that it happens, but it is one of those things. So my point is like, we're going to try and get close to the pin, but if we don't quite make it, that's okay too. We'll, we'll just see how it goes. But in the meantime, if I got lightheaded or you guys see me pass out at any point and drop off my camera, please alert my wife so she can come and, and throw an almond in my throat. Your oh, wife great. stopped taking my call. So it's going to have to be Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. No, she always fine. takes Tracy's call. Yeah. That's maybe actually a fair point. Yep. Uh, Steve, what'd you do last week? 
Well, um, it was a it was a good week. I I you know last week I mentioned that I that I had been battling depression and everyone was really uh, great on the show. Tracy, Dave, you were you know super supportive, and I got I really gotta say, the cards and the calls from the fans, yeah, just didn't come in oh. like there there oh. wasn't right, but yeah, but. It was it. Um, I felt like it was good. And things I, I were was a lot better. I was ready to go whole hog with you and say like, yeah, the mail coffers were full the entire week. The guys in the mail room were working overtime. I was all on board with that. And then you you swerved me, and I couldn't I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Um, but uh, it but it was good. Um, you know, talking about it was great. Uh, things have been a lot better. Uh, the 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 week was good. Um. Zach went to his last track meet. I think I talked about that on the um, the podcast. He got his uh, all of his personal best, which, you know, when you're new at the whole high school athletics thing and you can, you, I mean, track and field's all about measuring your, you know, you against yourself. He really stepped up and just got progressively better. Um, each time. And that I think is such a huge thing for kids to, to get a handle on in this day and age, because so much is, you know, available to you right there that you, you have, you know, all of this gratification, this instant gratification that happens and seeing a process and living through the work and doing the work and sucking at the beginning and then, you know, getting better really makes a huge difference and i really uh i really appreciate the fact that track does that it measures from you know your humble beginnings to you know where you're at at the end of the season and and he did a lot of personal uh best so uh really proud of him that was a lot of fun um other than that that's that's all I have to say about the, the week. The, the, well, here's the other thing that people should know. Okay, so typically we record the show on a specific night of the week, and last week we had to delay several times. And so by the time we wound up recording it, between the time we recorded last week's show and this show, it's only been like three days. There's been yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. been like three or four days. <laughs> so this is not a typical like, uh, hey, what'd you do last week? It, it's okay if you didn't do shit because we didn't have a lot of time. Tracy, I got to know what's going on outside your window because you seem preoccupied and, frankly, a little angry by what's happening yeah, outside little, your window. I'm a little pissed about it because it, there, I've just got a lot of trucks going by. And so in my ears, I hear every diesel motor that's going by. And uh, uh, my the, the, the room I'm kind of left with to podcast in this uh, house is the is the crappiest one really for it. But uh until I uh, until I kick some other people out of this house, right? This is right. going to be it. So I'm a little distracted and annoyed by it, frankly. So uh, what is the before we get to what you did last week? I just want to ask, what's are you guys still looking at houses? What's going on? Because like uh, uh, we had a house go up for sale less than two weeks ago, right down the road from us, sold in a matter of days, and it was an all cash offer yet again. Like it was yeah. just gone. Yeah, so, that's pretty much it. If you by the time you see it in under the normal like means, it's probably already has an offer on. Yeah. It. And so it's uh, no, I'm not currently looking. I'm not interested uh in uh moving. We've had we've had some kind of like location issues uh uh with regard to like where our kids go to school. 
and uh, we they don't they go to private school, so somebody's got to get them there. And so, right. sure, uh, when we're both working and have schedules, there's always this need, there's this want to live in a certain place, but then whenever we go look at one there it's it's always on the way back it's like wow that was great what'd you think well it is really far from school i'm like yeah. why are we out here looking then i just uh, so no i'm done looking i i don't care so i'm right now i uh, i'm on a mission to remove people from the home and i figure we're a family of five now if i get it back down to three starts stuff's gonna start rocking again have, so have that's you, my plan you, right now have you started earmarking the people that you think would be voted off the island first? I don't want to mention their okay. names, All right. but I will say they are targeted right now. Yeah. I know precisely who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, listen, when when we moved, and we didn't move that far away. We moved about a half hour, 45 minutes away from where we used to live, but it was a completely different town. And part of that is we moved schools. When you move towns, obviously that town's got its right. own school and you go there. So, But my wife was really concerned about my kids leaving their friends behind and so for the first year we moved i don't know if you guys remember she drove them back to their old school every morning she got them wavered in and then drove them back to that old school and then went and picked them up every single day she was spending like an hour and a half on the road to shuttle these kids back and forth to school and it took exactly one what well, even took less than a year but she was locked in at that point but it at the end of that school year she was like no you're going to the you're going to the school you're supposed to be going to and now they're They've adjusted. They're fine. But she just didn't want them to lose those friends. So I understand the school thing because I understand what she went through driving kids to and from school when it's not close by. Right. Well, I mean, I hope whatever new family these the, the <laughs> two yeah. the two children go to live with, um, that they're going to be just, you know, exactly where they need to be. And I trust that that'll work out just fine. Yeah, it wherever should, that it is. should be fine. You talk about voting off the island. I. I'm I'm in a family of three, and I am I'm concerned that there has been an alliance made, and oh, oh, I'm they, not in it. They would vote your ass off without question, Steve. There is zero question because they're probably talking about it right now. Yeah, because Wendy alone would be influential enough on Zach that even if Zach was kind of on the fence, which I think he might be, but even yeah. if Zach was a little on the fence, she would she would stiff harm him, stiff harm, stiff, stiff arm. Him. Stiff arm him until he he went her way. You know that's the way it's going to work. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I might be able to live out here in the shed. Yeah. But okay. I don't I don't think it's going to come to that. I think I, I'd, uh, I'd throw that out there right now. Actually, <laughs> it's been thrown at me. Right. So, yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back on The Dave and Steve Show. Now you can make money safely and securely from the privacy of your own home. Introducing Cash for Cash, the easy and affordable way to turn your unwanted bills and coins into cash now. I didn't know what I was going to do with all the insurance money I got from my husband's death, so I sent it into Cash for Cash. And in just a couple of days, I had all the money I needed to pay my bills. And Cash for Cash is easy to use. Simply mail your unwanted bills and coins to us in the patented Easy True Scam mailer, and Cash for Cash will promptly send you a check in the mail, minus shipping and handling, and a small processing fee. After I found that coffee can in the backyard, I thought, ain't no way I'm going to be able to do anything with this old money. But Cash for Cash sent me brand new money in exchange, and I was able to take the old lady out for a nice dinner. So if you've got worn out, slightly torn, or even marked bills and coins, Cash for Cash has the solution for you. 
Recent studies show that dollar-for-dollar value has never been higher, so now is the time. Cash for Cash, where the smart money is. I've given some thought this week to the reasons that people give for getting married. Now, marital experts agree that the list of bad reasons to get married is far longer than the ones considered legitimate reasons. Nowhere on the legitimate reasons to get married will you find things like septic tank expertise or even the apparent ability to unearth an air fryer at the drop of a hat. But rather, the use of emotional intelligence in a long-lasting relationship is an understated value in a marriage and one that is often underappreciated until it is desperately needed. By that time, the relationship can feel hopeless, and attempts to address this often feel too late. This has been Tracy's Dave and Steve are truly meant for each other. Minute. It is not lost on me, by the way, that this week's minute was almost exactly a minute. Yes. Thank you for that. Came in at I'm like, wow, that was really it. short. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. It's the length it was meant to be. Yeah. Uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so I wanted to talk to you guys. This is something, Tracy, I think I've mentioned this to you before. Steve, this is probably going to be, I think, news to you, unless Tessa, my wife, has said something to Wendy, your wife, at any certain point. This week was a big milestone for us. It was a milestone because if you rewind back to January of 2019, so the way that our finances in our house have always worked is this. My wife handles all the books. She does all of the checking. She does, Steve and I used to even have a joke about you didn't want to mess with her on bill night because she was angry. She was frustrated because she had to sort through it all. And on top of that, my wife, <clears throat> she's not a computer person. She doesn't like it. So she did everything by hand. It was all in a manual ledger with pen and paper, all that kind of stuff. So I was the guy who just spent money. And I basically said, like, when I'm spending too much money, you need to let me know. And I won't spend as much money. But I didn't really take that into heart. I basically, like, I would say, like, oh, we're fine. And I would just buy the thing I wanted to buy. And she'd say, like you really can't buy that guitar. We don't have the money for that guitar. And I'd be like, ah, we'll figure it out because <clears throat> she was the one figuring everything out. So January, 2019, my wife has what is effectively a borderline nervous breakdown. She just comes to me and she, she throws all the bills, all the paperwork, all the everything in front of me. And she's like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I've done everything that I can. We're, we're in a really bad way. And I said, okay, well, like how bad of a way are we talking? And she's like, I don't even know because it's gotten so crazy and convoluted as far as borrowing from this to pay this and delaying this and asking them to hold off on this. And so it was one of those things where like she forced me, she literally like hit me in the face with a frying pan and said, this is the situation. And as I sort of unpacked everything, what I found was that as a family, we were spending around $2,600 more a month than we were bringing in. So we were literally bleeding $2,600 a month on top of everything else. And as I went further and further and further into this, I realized we were, we were, she was not lying. Like we were in a bad way. And if you looked back a, a half a year earlier, June of 2018, we had just bought a new house. 
We had just moved. Right. We had just got a new place. We were paying way more in mortgage. And so it was one of those things where like, I mean, I was literally at the point where we were talking very seriously with a realtor about what does it mean when you've owned a house for six months and you put that house back up for sale? Because we can't, we can't afford to be here. Like we don't know what's going to happen. So we started, we, I mean, when I say we buckled down, we buckled down. There was, a, there was one point at a, like a youth lacrosse game where it was a high school lacrosse game, but they had the younger players there and they had the typical like fundraising thing where they were selling like slices of pizza. And my kids came up to me and they're like, Hey, can we get a slice of pizza? And I was like, not tonight. Like you really can't, we're going to, we're going to hold off. We'll get something to eat when we get home. And as you guys both know, I make a good living. Like this is for us to have gotten to this point. It's pretty stupid that we let it get this far, but we did let it get this far. So the reason I'm saying all this is because as of this week, as of yesterday, in fact, we have paid off all debt. We have paid off all of our credit card debt. We have paid off a substantial portion of our vehicles that we owned. Uh, we have paid off student loans. We have paid off well over, I mean, well over six figures uh, all up of debt, of just straight right. debt. And this week was, yesterday was the first time that we, I can officially say in probably I, 25 years, we have no credit card debt on the books. We have none. Like it's all gone. We have money and savings. The one thing that we had going for us that, that was, I mean, we, we knew what we were doing, but at the same time, we didn't know we were doing it for this reason. We were socking away a lot of money into a 401k. We were piling money in. And that was part of the problem is that we were putting a ton of money into a 401k when we couldn't even pay our bills. But fortunately right. enough, we have all that money in the 401k now. So at least as far as nest egg slash savings goes, we're, we're good there. It was more about the day-to-day -day cost of living of just paying the bills, which we were not able to do. And just by sheer luck and determination and will, we managed to to eke out from under it. So I just wanted to say that as far as we hit a milestone this week. Steve, again, I know I I don't think I've ever said this to you, but this is we were in pretty dire straits there for a little while, and we've sort of figured out how to get out from under it. So now I'm going to be writing a book. Everybody should be uh, looking for that on shelves soon of, of how to... If you need somebody to write the foreword for that book, let me know. <laughs> Steve's flipping him off. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is the thing. is like you two, I know you two have always been good with money. You've always been... Steve, you've been very conservative with money. You t you've talked about investing for a long time, all that kind of stuff that I sort of poo-pooed and was just like nah i'll invest later and or you know no i i can you were the guy who would be like well we're just not gonna we're not gonna buy a fancy car we're not gonna buy because if we did we'd be overextended we're not going to do that thing and i was always the guy who was like i have no business driving around in a seventy thousand dollar muscle car so i'll buy a seventy thousand dollar muscle car and drive it around for no absolute reason even though it gets two miles to the gallon and we've sort of, we've learned these lessons over time. Tracy, you are like, you've been debt free, I think since you were 12. Yes, and, just, and, yeah, just about 12. And rarely yeah. carried any debt of any kind. So I felt like the sort of like outcast kid on the side over here who was like deeply in debt and trying to figure it all out, but we've turned a corner. What's, what is really quite amazing about this is once you begin to focus on it and once yeah. you begin to see what you can do, it isn't does not take that long before you can point at a date in the future where these milestones occur 
And the, so it's like, once you get out of the, of the consumer debt, you can get into, look at things that like vehicles. Right. And then you, right. then you, then you can be pointing at a date, not that far off where you're, your your mortgage itself, which now seems impossible to retire, but you can begin looking at a specific year at least where right. you can begin to kind of have those kinds of conversations, and and that's that's a far cry from looking at, you know, like hey, how do we juggle this just to to not get you know to pay for everything and right. so to to move a mortgage payment at the end of your mortgage to just give yourself cushion to figure out and resort yourself, have discussions about where the bankruptcy becomes. Maybe is that a thing we do? I don't yep. know. I don't know yep. anything about this. And, you know, so you can with, a, with some focus and some discipline, you can come a long ways in a short amount of time. And the amount of time that you can actually even strengthen that once you're completely out of debt and you are truly like working for your, you're working for yourself at this point. No right. Long, right. You know, and then, the, the psychology of just day-to-day -day life changes when you are, when you are really choosing to do what you're doing and that you, you, you're not, you don't owe anyone anything. Well, I mean the, the stress and the sort of shame and the guilt of not of having to turn your kids down for a $3 slice of pizza versus mm -hmm. now where it, believe me, like we've learned our lesson. We're, we're not, we would never go anywhere back to where we were, but at the same time, like if we want to go out to dinner or we're with a couple that say like, Hey, do you want to go grab a bite to eat? Now we can actually say like, not even give it a thought, just be like, yeah, let's go get something to eat. Whereas even in a year and a half ago, I would have been like calculating things, drawing things. Ah, well, I mean, we could probably go somewhere and like get an appetizer that we could share and at least make it look like we're having dinner with them. Like it was one of those kind of things, but we we did it. I mean, my wife through all of this has been, uh, frankly, through like the first year, she was basically just standing on my shoulder saying, I told you so. Like, I told you it was this right. bad and you weren't listening. Uh, but like, we're, we're, we're past it now. So, Steve, you said you, you seem to want to say something. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't. So th that's great. I mean, everything that you just said was, you know, fantastic that you you know, coming through that, but I, um, I don't want you to think that I have everything figured out. Wendy and I, you know, we, we work on this stuff, but we, we could be better at it. Um, I, um, I'm very careful about like my credit score and, you know, our credit situation in case we need to borrow or whatever. But, you know, I've, I, I've been without work for a couple of decent stretches, just like, you know, the, the job laid off everybody in my division. So we, you know, had to deal with that. We had to move cross country a couple of times and that is an expense that people don't really take into consideration. Um, so we've incurred uh, some debt, not crushing, you know, elephant on your balls debt, yep. but it's, um, but it's there, you know, it's real. Um, we've taken on more with like a HELOC, right? Um, yep. we've had, we've had times when it got really tight, right? Um, but nothing that wasn't like, um, emergency panic, you know, kind of stuff. We, we had moves we had to make because it, we just needed to make them that weren't, yeah, you know, great. But at the same time, I mean, we really did want to make sure that we our, our credit was, you know, 
pristine so that if we needed to buy something or do something, we, we had that there. Um, you know, I'm really just, um, I'm really just getting more involved in, uh, retirement stuff. Um, right. It hasn't right. been, I've been saving for retirement, but just like in this penny ante stuff that wasn't working right. out, like I had a, I had a job for a while that we were going to have a, um, it was going to be a full on like pension program and everything was look, that was going to, that was the plan, man, yep. was yep. stay there and do the pension. And that evaporated like it gone, all of it. Gone. Yeah. And, and Dave, likewise, it looks like I have it all together, but I receive a lot of criticism for wanting to let some of my kids go. Right. right. But, but I mean, it's yeah. because, because yeah. people aren't, they're not yeah. as advanced in this as I am. Sure. And they yeah. don't see, I mean, the, the opportunity cost, sure, I will miss them. Yeah. But in the long run, it will be worth it. And their lives will be a lot better too. So, I, I mean, I, I we do know, all have yeah. work to do. I do know Dave Ramsey's baby step number one is let go of your two least favorite kids. Yes. So, it's, it's 1A. Yeah. It is, yes. And that's it's one he doesn't talk about as yep. often. It's yep. usually, you know, you have to pay for the premium. Uh, but yeah, that was <laughs> that was a thing, right? Is like I didn't... I, I was... I didn't have parents who cared about finances. I had a mom who cared about finances from the standpoint of she was the one just like my wife who was in charge of sort of keeping the books and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But my dad, especially during my formative years, during my 13 to 18 year, year old years, he was making a really good living, especially for where we lived. And he spent every dime that he made. And that's what I learned is that if you if you make 10 bucks, you find something that costs 10 bucks and you buy it for 10 bucks. If you make 10,000 bucks, you find something that costs 10,000 bucks, you buy the thing for. And that's what he did. And so when he sort of lost everything, by the time he did and he declared bankruptcy, I was out of the house. So I didn't see it firsthand. I didn't see. see he should have gotten rid of you sooner. Right? This is <laughs> yeah, something yeah, exactly. that, you know, and the same way, cause like my dad, you know how some like, you know, some people are like uh, allergic to like peanuts and things. Yeah. My dad was allergic to money. And yeah. so any, if he had anywhere, any of it near him, Hives. oh my gosh. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Hives yeah. and so, all kinds so of I things. So I didn't learn about a 401k. I didn't learn about investing. I didn't learn about saving. I didn't, and, and I'm not, I'm not for a moment blaming my parents on this because I could have very easily taken college courses and all that. I just, I didn't. And so smash cut to 20 odd years later, I'm a full grown adult and, and my wife throws all the bills in my lap and says like, we're in trouble. Like it was, and so now, luckily now there's so many resources between the internet and books and all that kind of stuff. Now I have, I have, I'm knee deep in this stuff as far as learning about strategies for building wealth so that you can retire when you want to and all that kind of stuff. I've started pretty late on it. I feel like I'm a little behind. I feel like we're a little behind collectively, but we're going to get there. Like we're, we're going to, we're figuring this out now. Steve, there was a time about. I don't even know how long ago it was the last time you two were at my house and you had made a comment of, I want to know what the hell that spreadsheet is that you had on your screen. Cause I had a spreadsheet up and there's colors all over it and there's boxes and numbers. It's, it's the most complicated thing. And that is, that is how I've now started calculating payoff dates and net worth and what we need to focus on next and all that. That's, that's my system. And it's complicated as hell because it's grown over time. When it started, it was very simple of like, 
I just needed to know how much we were losing, how much we were upside down every month. And then over time, I've, I've turned it into a tool that allows me to know what money we're putting in savings, what money we're putting into college funds, all that kind of stuff. So all, all I'm saying is I feel pretty good about where we got to. And hopefully it means that we can buy some extra equi equipment for the, the Dave and Steve show studio. Yeah. On yeah. That's what it's, that's what it's all about. On credit. I, I just needed to get there. Like yeah. how much is this going to cost the show? Right. Is what I wanted to know. Right. Well, the show's a write off luckily. So what, what did you sell <laughs> of the shows? <laughs> yeah. You remember that big neon sign we had? Yeah. It hung on the studio oh, yeah, that was yeah, great. on the outside oh, of the studio. Who bought that? How much did you get for it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Dave and Steve show actually bought it. It's a, it's a Scandinavian show. Uh, it's, oh, it's pretty good. Wow, lucky, Catching lucky on for them. All right. Uh, enough about me and my finances. Let's find out what Tracy has in the headlines. And now straight from the Dave and Steve show news desk in beautiful Anytown USA Plaza. It's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Oh, yeah! Our first story, the owner of a small sunflower oil factory in Bulgaria has accused U.S. soldiers of illegally storming his facility during a NATO military exercise last month. Are there large sunflower oil factories? I feel like every sunflower oil factory is probably small. <laughs> <laughs> This took up the size of 15 city blocks. See, that's what uh, Big Sunflower is trying so, to hide so why, from you. Why Big did... Sunflower doesn't want you to know anything about what Big Sunflower is doing. Why Why? Did, why, why were they stormed? What was the storming for? So, Marin Dimitrov told reporters Wednesday that he has filed a lawsuit against those who are rep responsible. On May 11th, American soldiers entered and cleared a building next to an airfield that they thought was part of a training area, but turned out to be occupied by Bulgarian civilians that were operating the sunflower oil business. Steve, do you do a Bulgarian accent? Is that something in your repertoire? Yeah, Bulgaria's little little uh not it's it's like russian light but also you get some italian in there and you also get them this there's a lot going on in a bulgarian accent that's pretty good that wasn't bad yeah, that's it. yeah rub like some sunflower oil on your chest and try it again yeah, i will tell you that in bulgaria they have uh they have an a thing where if, if they say yes they 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 do their head side to side and when they do no they 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 nod their head down like they're saying yes and in um in american body language so that's that's something that they do yeah that's that's body language yeah if you yell at them that that usually they, they'll steve, fix that steve, anyway. steve makes a great point tracy is there any chance that the that the sunflower oil factory workers were saying no don't come in but the Military people had their helmets on and couldn't hear them. I mean, and only I saw think that's them. the clear international yeah. like yeah. problem yeah. that is there, that the army did not have body language interpreters, right, at the uh, on the scene. So Which anyway, no now. weapons were fired they, yeah. at any time during the interaction. Where do you guys stand on sunflower seeds? You like sun? I feel like I eat sunflower seeds once a year, roughly. It's usually when I'm up camping or at a picnic or something like that. And whatever bag that I get and and purchase, I eat the entire bag of sunflower seeds. I don't stop once I start eating them. I can't. I don't know why, but I can't just put them away. I eat the entire bag. It's bad news for me because I'm I'm too lazy to shell them. Oh yeah. So then I start chewing on it, and then when you do that, you you've you're basically just got just mouth splinters and everything else that's going on there. And I don't know why. I don't know why I'm so lazy about it. Like I just won't do it. 
And, uh, and now just like anything else, just like craft beers or chips or anything else, I just want salted sunflower seeds. I walk into a, a convenience store. I want a bag of salt. No, it's all bacon and dill pickle and ranch and all these different flavors. You're hard pressed to find just straight ahead sunflower seeds anymore. They've gone shishi just like everything else. You need to go to the cash and carry. They, they, they'll take good care of you. They got, they got pickled eggs and they got, <laughs> uh, and they, they got your sunflower seed. They got, a, they got a shit ton of sunflower seeds in there. Great. Really? Pickled eggs. Yeah, they do. Dude. Pickled I eggs. Was at a, I was at a gas station in Georgia one time that was selling pickled eggs. And, I have a uh, jar of pickled eggs on my desk at work. Um, and it is the best because it may, everybody stops by and they're like, what the hell is that? And I said, they're pickled eggs. You want one? And nobody wants one, but everybody wants to talk about it. And it, it's, they're fantastic. They really don't make, uh, yeah. don't make egg salad out of it though. I thought that would be a good idea. And it was not on a, on a related note. Uh, you can get dill pickle flavored sunflower seeds now. Yeah, it's, it's turned me off of gas station food forever. <laughs> Our second story. I love after... sunflowers, though. I think sunflowers are my, they're my favorite flower. Hey, Shut hey, up, Tracy. Hey, who my was name's it? half the show. <laughs> I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk when I want to talk about sunflowers, and I think they're beautiful. And we planted some in the front yard, and I can't wait. For I them to just grow. recently I discovered that there's like different colored sunflowers. I didn't know that. But but it, this but this goes back to the thing I would say about Steve. It's like Steve will say, "Well, you know, I'm very anti-child molestation." Yeah, no shit. Who isn't? Who brought into question that sunflower seeds weren't great? Who who said sunflowers are ugly and we want to trash all sunflowers and burn the sunflower jungles of the of Brazil? Like it didn't yeah. happen. And he says it like he's making the boldest and bravest yeah, statement. Yeah, I I'll in the world. tell you right now. I no. like I like a good sunflower, and I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna come yeah. right out and say it. Sunflowers are my favorite flower, and a lot of people think they look not great. I mean, that, that you'll see, like, people will say, oh, I love tulips, or I love roses, or I love, you know, the, all these other flowers. But sunflower is my, is hands down my favorite flower. Well, well I don't mind telling you that they're really overrated. And today, <laughs> my favorite fly, flower is the, is the peony. Boom. So, yeah. Our second story, after five years of sniffing out landmines and unexploded ordnance in Cambodia, Magawa is retiring. The African giant pouch rat has been most successful rodent trained and overseen by a Belgian nonprofit, which attempts to find landmines and alert his human handlers so the explosives can be safely removed. Last year, Magawa won a British charity's top civilian award for animal bravery and honor so far exclusively reserved for dogs. Explain that again. It's, it, what was that? What was the award? What was the group? Say it again. It's so the, uh, the, the there's a Belgian nonprofit that was doing a British charity's top civilian award for animal bravery. Yeah. Can you imagine the stuffed shirt dipshits that are at that gathering? That is. <laughs> I, I always wonder about these very niche, like, corner establishments that give these awards and these types of things. And everybody's got to dress up and everybody's got to eat this shitty finger food and show up to this thing. And in this case... And there's case, a couple celebrities yeah. heading down a, you know, the red carpet and... But not great celebrities. Like, they, they trot out, like, Richard Simmons in a wheelchair to be at this thing. And there's it's always, like... The, the the one guy Willie Ames is there for no apparent reason and then in, in this case they give the award to a rat it's super I mean it, it, it is super because this is 
I think this is one of the things that like Princess Diana was involved in. Like these, the, the, you're not lying. Like very yeah. like chic. Yeah. Um, and the, the, my favorite part of this is you're, you're thinking of all these stuffed shirts and that the, they didn't bring the rat. The rat is not there. No, of there's course a, not. There's yeah. a picture of the rat. The rat gets an award. The rat doesn't know. Yeah. The rat probably doesn't get anything special at all. The rat's probably dead. But, <laughs> but, but there, but, but all these people, um, have to talk about the rat for a while and they, and they have to make small talk about the rat. I once saw a rat, uh, 15 years ago, uh, scurry up the side of my yacht and I had to burn the yacht. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of like that. Yeah. That's what, that's what you're getting there. It's like, Oh, have you ever seen a rat? Oh, good God. No. G yeah. Gee, I really hope the rat gets it this year. That'd be something, huh? <laughs> He was, it was, it was a rat. It was, um, it was an iguana that uh, stops human human trafficking, and uh, and there's a and there's a koala that parachutes into forest fires. Yeah, so there's a dog out there that's probably acting like Metallica at the Grammys, and uh, <laughs> oh my God. Like, this rat's like Jethro Tull. <laughs> oh come on! Uh, they gave it to a rat. While many I rodents can be trained people. to detect scents and will work at repetitive tasks for food rewards, the organization decided that African giant pouch rats would best suited for landmine clearance because of their size allows them to walk across minefields without triggering the explosives and do it more quickly than people. Also, the rats live up to eight years. I will I will make this brief because I think we've said it before, but Steve and I used to live in a house together. The landlords of that house, th I, this all comes back to sniffing things out and rats. Those two are tied in tightly here. Uh, we had a rat problem in our house. Uh, we let the landlords know. They came over. They set some poison out. And then she said, just call us when you start to smell something somewhere. If you smell a dead rat, then I'll come over and, and tell you where it is in the wall. And my husband will get rid of it. So we start smelling something in our pantry. Uh, sure enough, her and her husband come over. She starts sniffing the wall. She's sniffing up and down the wall in the pantry. She, and it was a pretty good-sized pantry area. It was, a, it was a deep, like, closet-y kind of thing. So she's sniffing all around in there. And finally, she points at a very specific spot on the wall. And she's like, it's right there. He takes a hammer. He hits the drywall, just breaks it open. And a rat flops out of the drywall right there, right in front of us. Like, it's hanging out of the drywall dead. She nailed it. Exactly. So if this rat has retired, I suggest getting her to sniff out future mines. Oh yeah. That's that's great. I'll I'll get in touch with this uh please do. This, so one, uh, of, one of the reasons they use the rats is that um the rats um can't set off the mines. So first of all, it's kind of bullshit that he's getting a bravery award because there's really no dangerous. <laughs> there's not no danger to the rat because they're not yeah. they're not able to set off the the, the land. You know the other reason they use rats because if a rat gets blown up by a mine, nobody gives a shit. Whereas if a dog gets blown up by a mine, people get a little hurt about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty terrible you send your you know bright-eyed beagle out there to uh <laughs> oh, yeah yeah oh god yeah that uh, you'll you you'll like just stop at the end of the day you i mean you won't you won't even you won't even you won't even work on it after that you know i still just keep going back to just to rewind just a little bit to the previous story and something steve said when he was taking his stance around sunflowers <laughs> i don't i don't i don't i don't think i have ever 
trotted out the my name is half the show and I feel like Steve has trotted that out every six episodes. Every at least that's that is that's my trump card, man. I will I will lay that down like Magic the Gathering, and I will take all your cards. I'm sorry, Tracy. Please continue. Our third story. They say neither rain nor snow nor gloom of night will stop the U.S. Postal Service, but an alligator could get in the way. That's what happened in the Spring Hill Post Office in Florida's Hernando County, according to Sheriff's Office. Sheriff's officials say someone stopped by the post office around 3:30 a.m. Wednesday to drop off a package and saw a seven-foot gator roaming around in the lot lobby. Seven feet is seven feet is pretty good. I, I listen. If you live in Florida, doesn't this happen like every two days to you? Like, don't you encounter an alligator somewhere at some point throughout the day? I, and not only that, but the, the first thought through that person's mind wasn't there's an alligator in here and I'm in danger. It's what's the rule about shooting an alligator on federal <laughs> land and can I keep the carcass for my boots? That is, yeah. yeah. Is there a rule about federal land? Is this yeah, state land or is this yeah. leased? I, th this, this tells you how rednecky we were. My dad had a pair of alligator boots and I thought they were the coolest thing ever. They were, he had a couple of snakeskin boots, pairs of boots, and he had an alligator pair of boots. And I thought those were the shit. I thought they, and you would not catch me, not for any ethical reasons whatsoever, as far as like animal cruelty or I don't, I don't care. I just wouldn't, they're not fashionably awesome as I thought they were when I was nine. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission considers an alligator a nuisance animal if it's four feet or longer and deemed a threat to people, pets, or property. Florida has an alligator hotline for just these types of situations. So if you're in Florida, go ahead and call 866-392-4286. Yeah. <laughs> Good job getting that hotline out to people. Have they looked into whether or not alligators can be used to sniff out mines? I feel I'm, like I'm going to I'm going to get into that. Okay. Uh, when you like, when you call to ask story. them the other questions, can you please just throw that in there as well? That, that's that's actually a good idea. OK, we had a Our coyote fourth... in the in the yard <laughs> um, just. Yes. So I don't know. We had a coyote in the his yard. name's half the yes. show, Tracy. Let him talk. Yeah, exactly. No, I know. This is this is my night to shine. <laughs> um, I, we had a coyote in the in the you were just talking about um, animal nuisances that are dangerous and and uh, we had a coyote in the yard in like middle of the day. And my son uh, freaks out, runs in from the other room. Who's just, there's, a, there's a coyote in the, um, uh, in the yard. And, and it wasn't our yard. It was the neighbor's yard adjacent to us. And, and, but yeah, like right, right there and not caring at all. And often there's other, you know, coyotes with it. So um, I, it's one thing, like, I don't know how to make, coyote skin boots oh that's a good point <laughs> but i but i bet they're really soft steve it's so weird that you say this because just today i'm literally looking right now so just today on the the community that i live in that somebody posted a facebook post and i want to read this just so i can explain why we've been having a rough month with coyotes killing five of our chickens they're bold and coming right into our house to do so Right. Oh, sorry. Right up to our house to do so. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. They seem to be active in the early morning hours. So I've released Coda, our guardian livestock dog, to do his thing. I apologize for the early morning barking and the horrible noises you might hear, but I can't lose any more chickens. Hopefully there'll be one or two fewer coyotes in the near future. 
This person has a guardian livestock dog that is apparently caged up all the time, just waiting to be released on these on these coyotes. And now's the time. So I kind of, yes, I know it's 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 tough to say, but I kind of I kind of want to be there. I kind of want to see this thing do its thing if that's what its its intended purpose is. Yeah, that's a gateway to dog fighting. Yeah, next <laughs> next thing is going to be you and Michael. I think Vick I could handle it though. Yeah. What happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> Tracy, I think you I and could I, handle it. Yeah, you and I should get a couple of beers and go watch. We just put up yeah, lawn man. chairs. They won't care. The people and in uh, we, we could just lay a little money down. Nothing, yeah. not big stakes. Nothing yeah. like no. Yeah, just but just yeah, lay a little money down and just. Uh, that's a slippery slope. And that's I will say, slope. and I will say this: my lab is pretty muscular, and I feel like he could yeah. probably hold his own at the very least against the coyotes. And I'd be willing to put a couple bucks down on that as well. Your dog is gonna like smile at him to death. Uh, your dog yeah. is not. Your dog is. Your dog is a lovely, lovely dog. I would not. Um, set it on these, you know, streetwise hooligans out there. I kid you not. A couple weeks ago, we lost, or a couple weeks ago, a couple nights ago, we lost power during the really shitty weather that we had. And right. when our power resets, one of the things it does is it our our alarm system beeps to let you know that the battery is a little bit lower because it hasn't been charging. It only lasts for a couple hours and then it stops when it's fully charged again. But it's just sort of there to let. And there's a you can press a button and get it shut off for a little while, but eventually it'll start beeping again. My dog literally pissed all over the floor in fear of a beep that happened every five minutes. Like it was shaking in the corner uncontrollably and peed on the floor. So no, so, he's so what you're saying is your your dog could take down your mom, but probably not a pack of coyotes. Or or am I just making him out that way so that I can get you to put some money Ooh, down? You're sandbagging me. Right. I see. I see. Right. That's a he can also shoot pool behind his back, but he doesn't show you right away. He makes it seem like he misses all the balls. I, I got you. <laughs> Our fourth and final story, a Kazakhstani bodybuilder known widely as a man who has wanted to marry sex dolls, now apparently wants a relationship that won't blow up in his face. Oh. Yuri Tolochko indicated recently that he is open to romance with a human, but on one condition, that they like his silicone soulmates as well okay so just to be clear this guy was he was he was having relation because i saw this story somewhere else so he was having relationships like like i don't mean just sexual relationships yeah, i mean he yeah was, i mean we we're talking about deep emotional it wasn't just yes. you know physical he had entered right. into a boyfriend girlfriend relationship with an inflatable doll I, I don't know if it's inflatable. It's silicone, you know, one of those lifelike dolls. I don't, I, I didn't get into specifics of how good the doll was, but he had entered into this. And now apparently he's second, second guessing himself a little bit and saying, maybe he does need some actual human companionship to go along with it. Well, I, you know, I think like a lot of us, he's open to human contact. Yeah. <laughs> but under certain conditions. So some, for us, it's like, you know, potlucks and things like that. But I think, <laughs> <laughs> his situation is a little, little more nuanced. Can you so. imagine me rocking up to that lacrosse barbecue, talking uh, to to my wife, and then pulling her out of the door, and she's a silicone doll that I drag down the sidewalk and plop her into a lawn chair and ask her what she wants. Does she want a hamburger or a hot dog? Oh, my God. Which what, is, what, the, is, what does she wear to that potluck? What I want to well, know. Well, can what I just she... say the obvious answer based on her mouth shape is hot dog? 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Let's all just let's all just back back away for just a <laughs> second. I need some help here. I am working on some serious puzzles in my brain right now, trying to match up um, plas <laughs> plastic and polyamorous or plastic and, and polygamy or bigamy and like I'm thinking balloon bigamy I can't I can't solve this puzzle but I feel like I need to solve this puzzle well, you, you get back to us with it next week Steve I'm sorry Tracy please continue I was in a real relationship in the past about seven years said Yuri who infamously married uh, sex doll Margot in November after dating her for just about eight months. So they had time to get to know each other. A self-professed pansexual, uh, Talashko can reportedly love anything from an image to a soul. Well, wonderful for him. You know what he hates, though? Sunflowers. What? He hates sunflowers. Yeah, he is definitely in the anti-sunflower <laughs> lobby. So, nonetheless, it's interesting and important for me, and in the future, maybe I will have a real person, but it's important that she or he likes my dolls too, the muscle man said. It's going to be a hard sell. I mean, on one on one hand, you got the, the muscles, so you could probably attract somebody, but I feel like that's one of those things where when you get them back to your house, even if the muscles have initially brought them in, and then you open the door and there's five blow-up dolls sitting around the room and you start talking to them, that's a pretty quick turnoff in my book. Maybe Yeah, this is why going to the press kind of early was an important move for him. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So this will tip off. I mean, it would be like going into a relationship to find out that you're you were really only there to uh, fix someone's uh, septic tank. Yeah, so right. It's exactly the same kind of thing. And that's the news, fellas. All right, thanks, Tracy. Steve, what's going on there? You feel, you seem a little distracted. What do you got going on? Are you, are you uh, still trying to? The closest thing I have is polyurethanigamy. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. I, that's the closest I can get to it. Polyurethanigamy <laughs> is what is the multiple, multiple. It's not plastic. gold, but it, it, it's yeah, silver. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. 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 Sorry, right. guys. <clears throat> we're gonna wrap things up with any luck. Next week, we're gonna have a guest. I know I've been saying that it seems like every week for the last two years, but. This, this guest is somebody who has who has had some issues come up and we're working around them and we're going to have them on the show. So if the stars align, finally, we're going to have a, a guest on next week. So tune in for that. Uh, before we get the hell out of here, Tracy, anything else you have to add? Uh, no, I just have just the added research that I'm going to do. I did that again tonight. Yeah. No? Yeah. Yes. With, with the additional research that I'll be doing, uh, follow up on these stories that I'll never talk about again, uh, that's about all I have going on. <laughs> Steve, how about you? Anything else before we go? Did I tell you guys about the coyote in the front yard? You did. Yeah, you did. Okay, yeah. well, then, then I don't. We're good. That's great. All right, yeah. then for Tracy, for Steve, whose name is half the show, and for me, Dave, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show.